Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, let's talk about Nas Reed. He's had a good season to this point, but some of the lineup data isn't necessarily bearing that all the way out. We'll talk about some of the two-man lineups from last year, compare them to this year, uh, plus also the big rotation. Who is Nas play better with? Is it Cat? Is it Rudy? What do those big man pairings look like so far? We'll also talk about yet another league power rankings, this time one that has the Wolves at number one and the matchup, matchup against Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs at Target Center Wednesday night. We'll go keys to the game for that one. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. And happy Timberwolves Game Day. The Wolves are finally back in action after the last three days off. They haven't played since Saturday night. Hosting the San Antonio Spurs tonight on ESPN, a 6.30 early tip against Victor Wembanyama and the reeling San Antonio Spurs. We'll preview that later in the show. I want to talk lots of lineup data, especially related to Nas Reed here early in the show today, uh, before we get to uh, a few other topics and then end with Wolves Spurs. Here off the top, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So let's talk Nas Reed. And, you know, objectively speaking, Nas Reed has been really good this year. So I want, I want to preface the conversation with that. This is by no means a uh, Nas hasn't been good enough conversation because that's absolutely not true. He's been great. Uh, he's been vital to the Wolves' success. There's no question about it. Um, and this is really more of a, and really, if you listen to the show, hopefully you did, if you listen to the show on Tuesday, I spent some time talking about some of the Wolves, some of the things they could do better, right? Especially on the offensive end of the floor, shoot more threes, shoot more corner threes, et cetera. So realize that like, I mean, that's what the Wolves coaching staff is doing, right? So they're sitting there saying, how can we be better? It's not simply celebrating how good the team is, which we should do. And I do a lot of on the show. I want to try and find ways for them to be even more efficient and to get the most out of their players. And Nas Reed has been really good this year, like by any metric, by any, um, however you want to look at it. Nas Reed's been fantastic. It's been the best season of his career to date. There's no question about it. All that to say, some of the lineup data is, is a bit conflicted when it comes to, not conflict, not lineup data is not conflicted. Some of the data is conflicting with one another. At least it seems that way, right? Um, so there's a few different ways we could slice and dice this. And the way I wanted to start is by looking at what Nas has done on the floor with Carl Anthony Towns and what he's done on the floor with Rudy Gobert. We did see some three and a half, four-ish minutes on Saturday in Charlotte with all three of them on the floor together. There was one other game where they briefly did that. But it's 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 a very, very small, like less than 10 minutes so far this season. Easily, it's, it's like four or five minutes total across, I think, two games where Nas, Rudy, and Cat have shared the floor together. So I'm looking at those pairings when Nas is on the floor with either Cat or Rudy and not the other one um, to, to, to try and give us 
a little bit of a, a peek into what's working, what's not, and maybe allow us to have some more context around that. I also want to look at some of the two-man data, which I think is always pretty fascinating. Um, and I think valuable. I think it's more valuable in a lot of ways than three- and four-man lineup data. Um, so we'll, we'll do that here in a minute. I want to start with the bigs rotation. So when Nas is on the floor, typically the way Chris Finch will do his his substitutions, um, you know, barring foul trouble, is typically Rudy hits the bench, is the first big to hit the bench, and Kat and Nas will play together for a stretch. Towns usually plays most of the first quarter, and then Rudy will come back. Uh, sometimes with a couple minutes left, and then and then occasionally Finch will play offense, defense, the last couple possessions of the quarter, depending on you know free throw situations, etc. Um, so when Rudy hits the bench, and you end up with Nas and Cat in the front court. Overall, this season, I'm not only talking about the first quarter. I'm just saying that that's usually the first pairing we see in a game, or, or first um, first Nas pairing we see in the game. For the season, lineups with Cat and Nas in the game together and no Rudy are a plus 6.6, according to Cleaning the Glass. It's 381 possessions, um, and that's only considering the two of them together and, and nobody else. So it is actually, in a sense, effectively a two-man pairing is is how we're looking at this. But I'm looking at all these five-man lineups with Townsend Reed together and no Rudy Gobert. It's a plus 6.6. The one we've seen the most of, if you look at the rest of the lineup, is that bench lineup plus Cat. It's Shake Milton, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyle Anderson, Carl Anthony Townsend, Nas Reed. And that they've played 84 possessions together, according to Clean the Glass, and actually have a minus 2.1. The next most used lineup is that same lineup, but with Ants instead of Shake, and they're a dead even zero. And then there's a, a drop-off in terms of minutes, and then you start getting into some of the more positive ones. So some of these lineups that have only seen a handful of possessions together that Nas has been a part of have actually been much more successful. So... That's not to take away from the overall plus 6.6, but it's pointing out that um, there's a lot of these kind of seemingly random lineups and not the not the ones that Finch has intentionally put together, not the guys who are playing a ton of minutes together that have actually been successful with Nas. So his best lineup that's played any reasonable number of possessions is Ant, Shake, Kyle Anderson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Nas Reed together is a plus 396 which is amazing, across 37 possessions. So still a very small sample size, but very positive. So overall, those guys together are plus 6.6. Now, if we flip it and put Cat on the bench, put Rudy in the game with Nas, Nas and Rudy together with Cat on the bench this season are a plus 0.7. So basically flat. And similarly... And it's a similar number of possessions, I should also say. So like 381 total possessions with Kat and Nas together and no Rudy, 320 total possessions with Nas and Kat together. I said that backwards. No, I said that right. 381 possessions together with Nas and Kat together and no Rudy, 320 possessions. So 61 less possessions with Nas and Rudy together and no Kat, a plus 0.7 versus a plus 6.6. And the most used lineup with Nas and Rudy and no cat is 51 possessions and it's a minus 19.6. And that's Conley, Shake Milton, Kyle Anderson, Nas, Reed, and Rudy Gobert. So a lot of times that's the lineup you see at the, at the tail end of the first quarter into the early second quarter. When cat hits the bench, Conley comes back after being one of the first subs out and shake is still on the floor. We've seen that shift a little bit as shake Milton seen his minutes slowly decrease uh, but that lineup has not been successful. And his next most used lineup with Gobert and No Cat 
is Shake, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson, Nas Rudy Gobert, and that's a minus 33.5. Again, painfully small samples. Like that's only 29 possessions worth. We're only a quarter of the way through the season, not even quite a quarter of the way through the season for the Wolves. So I don't want to like get too locked into this is working or this isn't working, right? But we've got enough data now. We can at least start to see some of these trends. And what this tells us is that Nas has been good this year. We've said that. He's been good. Recently, those lineups with Nas haven't been as good. And overall, he's been better with Cat than he has been with Rudy. Now, last season, of course, Carl Anthony Towns played so little, there was barely any sample to even, I'm not even going to bother looking at what Cat and Nas did together. But if you look at what Nas and Rudy did together, it's not as much as you might think, because you might recall, Nas almost exclusively played center last season. Not not exclusively. He played more minutes at center last year than he is this year, right? Because Kyle Anderson was playing a lot of the four, and Cat was out, and Nas was, start of the year, wasn't even really in the night-to-night rotation. He was occasionally racking up DN, or occasionally logging DNPCDs, um, and just wasn't being used as a four very frequently last season, until he proved he needed to be in the lineup, and then Chris Finch started doing it more once Cat came back from injury. But, For much of the season, Nas was playing the five behind Rudy Gobert. When they were on the floor together last season, Nas and Rudy together without Cat was a minus 14.9 in 427 possessions. So we're already getting close to, I mean, we're within 100 possessions this year of Nas and Rudy together as where we finished last year. And so far this year in 320 possessions, they're a plus 0.7. Last year in 427, just a little over 100 more, they're a minus 14.9 in terms of uh, of differential. So the Nas and Rudy minutes, I guess the cliff notes here are, they're better this year than they were last year, clearly. Um, but Nas is playing a lot more for this year. And I also think, by the way, a lot of that has to do with Rudy just simply playing a lot better. And, and then obviously the comfort level plays into that. Um, so I think all that's pretty interesting that the the Cat and Nas minutes are, are I would say... It, maybe not significantly better, but I would say clearly better at this stage, nearing the quarter pool of the season, as as the Nas Rudy minutes. Something to keep an eye on. And I, I can't necessarily tell you why, other than I think the familiarity level between Cat and Nas is higher. And also, um, those lineups just have, in general, better spacing, which is conducive for Nas, who likes to shoot threes, and pump fake and drive just like Carl Diddy Towns, right? Those guys have similar games. Nas hasn't proven to be quite the passer at the NBA level. I think he is a good passer and can be a good passer, but he doesn't have that comfort level chemistry with Rudy that Carl Diddy Towns does. And the spacing, of course, with with Cat and Nas on the floor together, usually Kyle Anderson's the only non-shooter in those lineups, right? And, and even if he's spacing into the corners, he can knock down corner threes, you know, at, at a, a totally acceptable percentage. Um, it's just the spacing is so much better. The comfort level is better. Um, and, and the offense is just so, so much better. I didn't even really dig into offense versus defense, but it's what you would imagine, right? So the offense with Cat and Nas together is uh, 116 points per 100 possessions, which is 60th percentile. So like not outstanding, um, but it is better than the Nas Rudy minutes, which are 105.6 points per 100 possessions, which is a seventh percentile offense, according to Clean the Glass. So obviously the offense is where that big difference is. Both lineups are are good defensively. Rudy and Nas together are 97th percentile, 105 points per 100 possessions. And even the Nas and Cat minutes together 
84th percentile, 109.4 points per 100 possessions. So it's the offense is what's swinging this. And 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 my take on it is it's just the spacing is so much better. There's a, a more of a comfort level between Nas and Cat, and their games are similar enough that um, and they can both play inside out, right? All right, um, I want to talk some two-man lineups from last year specific to Nas as well. We'll get into some quick power ranking stuff. And then we'll close with the preview of Wolf Spurs on Wednesday night. All that is upcoming here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. The Timberwolves will be taking on the Indiana Pacers soon, and one of Josh Lloyd's picks this week is Obi Toppin. Of course, the former Knicks lottery pick played for Tibbs, most pretty much exclusively came off the bench for Tibbs. Now he's in Indiana, and he's shooting the lights out. The Pacers have a great schedule this week, but around the corner is the Wolves. Uh, not actually this week, but next week. So keep an eye on Obi Toppin and the Pacers, and consider him, especially this week, before he plays the Wolves, picking up Obi Toppin in the league, whatever league you are in. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. Um, I had it. My first car was actually a Mercury Tracer back in the, uh, uh, I don't know, when did I learn to drive? Like the early 2000s, right? Um, and I loved that car. It wasn't great. I took pretty good care of it. I wish eBay Motors existed then because I may have gone the extra mile to make sure that I could keep my car running. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber. You're not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, continuing the Nas Reed conversation. I looked at some of the two-man lineups from last year, according to NBA.com um, slash stats, they, I think it's it's great, uh, a great tool, a great free tool for two, three, four, five-man lineup data. And I looked at this year's numbers and last year's numbers. This is pretty interesting. So last season, Nas Reed only had one positive two-man lineup. And I know that may seem as surprising. And, and uh, you know, I talked about this actually quite a bit in the offseason when I was trying to I guess, parse whether or not it made sense to bring Nas back. And I was a little apprehensive about the contract the Wolves were going to have to give him. As it turned out, I love the deal when they got it. When they signed it, I love it now. I think that the value is very good. And obviously, it's a tradable contract, et cetera. I said all that back in the offseason. But as I was researching whether or not it made sense to keep Nas, part of my concern was, would they find enough minutes for him? You know, a quarter of the way through the season, almost a quarter of the way. The answer is yes. I mean, he's averaging a career high in minutes. And and they've fought... Chris Finch has done a great job of getting him on the floor. And by the way, if we start to see some of these three big lineups, that's just another way to steal a few minutes here and there for Nas. Um, but also part of my concern last year was he only had one positive two-man lineup. 
which is crazy. I'm taking out Luca Garza, Josh Minot, Matt Ryan. Those guys, you know, total, they played like, what, 80 minutes together, uh, Nas, with each of those guys individually. His only lineup where that he played, you know, more than, call it even 100 minutes together, that was positive, was Jordan McLaughlin. And we'll, like, if you regularly watch the Wolves and you watch the Wolves a bunch the last couple of years, you know Jordan McLaughlin and Nas Reed had this, this great chemistry, right? These two undrafted, and like, they're both great stories, right? Undrafted guys. Um, in the case of McLaughlin, obviously, four-year college, I think four-year college starter, four-year college player. Nas was a, a one-and-done after a five-star high school recruit. Um, so different collegiate stories, but similar in that they were both undrafted. McLaughlin spent a whole year in the G League before he broke through with the Wolves. Both signed two-way deals um, initially. Nas got elevated quickly. McLaughlin eventually on these partially guaranteed NBA deals after going undrafted. So great stories. And their chemistry together on the court was was really undeniable. The pick-and-roll chemistry, um, th- there just seemed to be this a really pick-and-pop chemistry mostly with Nas. But there's just this um, kind of synergy between the two of them was so impressive. And last year, it was the only Nas Reed two-man lineup that was positive. They were a plus 0.9 when on the floor together. Every Everybody else for Nas was a negative, which is crazy, right? Now, so far this season... The data is obviously much more limited uh, because we're not even a quarter of the way through the year, but also because Jordan McLaughlin has been injured for a while now. And so if you look at his net rating lineups this year, McLaughlin and Reed have actually played five minutes together. It is, by the way, other than the one minute that Nas has played with Josh Minot, it is actually his best net rating in five minutes. They're a 72.2 net rating, uh, which is nuts. But um, the... I'm going to like actually get the, um, and of course I'm talking net rating now, not points per possession or, uh, or sorry, not differential. So Nas's best net rating this year is Anthony Edwards. If you take out McLaughlin, his aunt, they're a plus 15. Um, Nas and McDaniels have only played 69 minutes together. They're a plus 6.2. You go on down the list actually. And all of Nas's lineups are positive except for here's the four that are not positive. Rudy and Nas together are a very slight negative. Kyle Anderson and Nas together are a minus 3.2. Shake and Nas are a minus 4.5. And Conley, Mike Conley and Nas Reed is actually Nas's worst two-man pairing, minus 6.5. I don't have a reason for that. And I'd have to go through and and you know watch some sets with the two of them on the floor on the offensive end of the floor to see like what and it is offensive rating, by the way. Their offensive rating together is just at 97.2, which is not good, less than a point per possession, right? Um and to me, it's probably just lack of familiarity, right? Like those guys didn't play together much last year. Nas got hurt not too long after the um, after the Conley acquisition last season, so they didn't get a ton of time together. Um, so that's certainly part of it. Also, uh, from a also if Conley and Reed are on the floor together, in a lot of cases, that also means Gobert's on the floor together. We know that the Rudy Nas pairing has been, you know, pretty flat at best. So I, that's just something to keep an eye on. And it's also something the Wolves can avoid. If McLaughlin comes back and manages to be part of the rotation, which I'm dubious that he will be, right? Like, they're already playing nine guys. And Troy Brown's been great. Alexander Walker's been great. McDaniel's going to be back in like a week. And Ant's going to be back possibly even tonight against San Antonio. Like, how does McLaughlin crack this rotation? But it's an option for Chris Finch. If he needs to, say, activate Nas Reed, say Nas is going through a rough patch, or say you just need some bench points, Put McLaughlin out there with Nas Reed. You're going to probably take some lumps on the defensive end of the floor um, with the lack of size potentially there. And, you know, just like that's not 
going to be a dynamic pick and roll defensive pairing. Um, but offensively, Nas and Jordan McLaughlin should be good together, right? So that's something to keep in mind is if Nas needs to be unlocked at any point in time, you know, getting him some minutes with Jordan McLaughlin is one option. Um, and then also just what is the not, what do the Nas Conley minutes look like moving forward? And, and certainly both of those guys in a vacuum or individually, really, I guess is a better way to say that have been really good this year. So I'm not at all suggesting it's like, you know, not going to work or anything like that. Just something to keep an eye on. And, and as we kind of continue to evaluate what Nas's role is in the bigger picture with this Wolves team, just something to watch for sure. All right. Um, real quick. Actually, let's do this. Let's do the power rankings here in a second. Real, the real quick mention on the athletic, because I've talked about the NBA.com rankings. Wolves have been second for a while now. They're number one in the athletic power rankings. So I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk Wolves Spurs and preview that matchup. We'll do all that here next to close out the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event and perhaps now at the holiday season, you are looking at attending something. It's not just sports either over at Game Time. They're the fastest way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Maybe you're looking at, uh, maybe you're visiting family and you're going to be in a town that you're not normally in and you want to go see a show of some kind, whether it's comedy, theater, uh, uh, music, um, sports, maybe it is an NBA game or a college game over your holiday break, uh, Game Time is the best way to go find those tickets. They're the, also the only ticketing app that give you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Their all-in prices show you your total up front so you know that you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. They also have exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And with their zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's check out the athletic power rankings done by uh, Zach Harper, of course, who covered the Wolves a long time ago for ESPN. But he uh, talks in his power rankings like these are I, – I talked up the NBA.com power rankings, I think it was yesterday's Tuesday show, about uh, how they're well, well thought out, well-reasoned, lots of stats included, a nice narrative from John Schumann at NBA.com. The athletic power rankings with Zach Harper, they are entertaining, they are certainly more subjective, and they fall – somewhere between the terrible ESPN ones and the fantastic NBA.com ones because they are a mixture. They're supposed to be fun and funny and unique, but they also have a lot of stats. And so here's what Zach Harper has to say. He has the Wolves at number one in tier one, the contenders. He has it also broken down by quarter, their net rating by quarter, and their clutch net rating. So this is interesting. Um, He's got the Wolves... Well, he doesn't have this. is just the stats. The Wolves have a minus one net rating in the first quarter, but they're plus almost plus 12 in the second quarter, plus 13 in the third quarter, which, by the way, an exact flip from last year. Remember the Wolves got killed in the third quarter often last year? I seem to remember Chris Finch taking a lot of lumps on the Twitter sphere. It was Twitter at the time. The Twitter sphere, and even earlier this year, a lot of it related to third quarter and, and lack of halftime adjustments and all this stuff. Well, they're pretty good in the third quarter so far this year. It's second best third quarter net rating in the entire league. Plus 1.7 net rating in the fourth, which is middle of the pack. 
their clutch net rating is fourth best in the league, a plus 23.1. Eight games that were in clutch zone. The Wolves are 7-1 and one in those. And Zach's takeaway here is the Wolves start slow, but they maul you in the middle of the game. Their dominance in the second and third quarters just breaks opponent's spirits. They crush you to close out the first half, then pour cold water and whatever halftime adjustments you made. Another impressive thing is their clutch performance. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns have been very difficult. It, nope, very efficient in the clutch. And Minnesota's clutch time defense is obliterating teams. He's also got, uh, he's got their overall rank over time on here. So like, Started the year, I think, at 11th in his uh, ranking, if I'm reading this correctly, and like dipped to 22nd, I guess, in week two after they'd gone like one and three in the first week, which I guess is defensible. But they've, of course, been top 10 ever since and have been in his top contender tier for the last three weeks. Um, And that's all he has to say. But I think it's fascinating. He's got him ahead of the Celtics. I mean, point differential wise, they're behind the Celtics and the Thunder. Uh, By the way, the rest of his contender tier, it's Wolves, Celtics, Nuggets, Bucks. Brink of contention tier two is the Suns and Thunder at five and six. And then he's got all the other playoff teams, which, by the way, the seven through 12 includes, uh, you know, teams Wolves have beat like the Knicks and the Sixers and the Pelicans. And then he's got the Kings down at 11 and the Mavericks, who the Wolves will see here in the next few days or I think early next week. He's got them at 12th. So interesting stuff. Good to see the Wolves rank where he's got them. Um, Be interesting to see how that looks. I mean, this week the Wolves have the. It should be two wins, the Spurs and the Grizzlies on Friday. Um, as long as things continue like they've gone for the first 20-ish games this season, uh, that should be, you know, the Wolves should be looking at 17-4 and four at you know early next week. All right, let's close with the Wolves-Spurs matchup. Of course, we did see San Antonio, the first playing game the Wolves played, which was nearly a month ago. By the way, San Antonio, before I get to keys here, San Antonio has not won a game since then. I know that's insane, and Detroit, yeah, has lost, what, 17 straight at this point? Um, is, it, is that right? I think it's 17 straight. I'm going to make sure I get that right. Detroit has lost, yeah, Detroit has lost 17 straight games. San Antonio has lost 14 straight games, has the league's worst point differential, by far, actually, by the way. Almost, it's, uh, what, three and a half points worse in terms of point differential than than the Pistons, which is nuts. Uh, like. Yikes. Um, So anyway, the Spurs, though, have lost 14 straight. They haven't won. You know, when the Wolves beat them previously, it was like their third straight loss at the time. They haven't won since then. Um, And when Yama didn't play last game, he had a a rest or illness or something, but he's supposed to play. He's not on the injury report heading into the Wolves game on Wednesday. So we should see Yama at Target Center Wednesday night. Last time these teams faced off, the Wolves beat the Spurs by seven, but remember, this wasn't like the Wolves were down at the end of the first quarter. Uh, you know, to Zach Harper's point, they were down at the end of the first quarter. Not a great first quarter team so far this year. They were up a bucket at halftime, started to pull away in the third, um, and were what were they up? Uh, they were up seventeen going to the fourth quarter. But then remember, San Antonio crawled back into this thing. Uh, the Wolves never really got to have garbage time minutes in that game. Because the Spurs didn't go away, the Wolves let their guard down defensively late, and it was a sloppy performance, but the Wolves ended up winning by seven points in that game. Um, they shot 37% from three. Cat had 29-12. and 12. Ants had a nice game, 28-7-5. and five. Got to the line 11 times. For the Spurs, Devin Vassell killed the Wolves. He made six threes in that game and finished with 29 points. Webinyama had 29 and nine rebounds, plus four blocks, but he committed five fouls and uh, was... Actually, he was really good in that game overall. But um, uh, Jeremy Sohan, who the the um, 
Spurs are insisting on running their offense for them, even though they've got Trey Jones. Sohan had six turnovers in that game. That's been a major issue for him all season. And, you know, as of now, like Wemben has been pretty good other than the shot selection and, um, you know, he's shooting 27% from three. We saw a little bit in the Wolves-Spurs game how he he mostly played on the perimeter early in the game and then later in the game when it was close, they moved him in a little bit closer to the basket, uh, probably trying to preserve. I remember, I think it was Jack Borman talked about on the postcast after Wolves-Spurs last time that it was like the Spurs are almost trying to preserve him a little bit. So that matchup, you know, Last time around, it was closer than it probably should have been. Of course, the Spurs have not been good ever since then. Um, They've had some close games mixed in there. But my keys for this game, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see them there right on your screen. The Wolves need to get up and contest three-point attempts from the Spurs. San Antonio actually shoots a ton of threes. They are 10th, I believe. uh, 10th three-point attempt rate. Um, 40% of their shot attempts come from outside the arc, which is very different from the you know, the LaMarcus Aldridge uh, Spurs from a few years ago, right? Um, when it was just mid-range you to death. And, and also, by the way, it worked. This team is 10th in three-point attempt rate league-wide. They are only uh, 24th in terms of percentage, but they shoot a bunch of them. So the Wolves just need to just, you know, challenge shots under control, close that under control, make the Spurs shoot contested threes, and they're not going to make, they're very unlikely to make enough threes to beat you, but the Wolves need to be cognizant that those are the shots that the Spurs are looking to get. Another thing is to control the defensive glass against the Spurs. Um, now, San Antonio is not an outstanding offensive rebounding team. They're only 23rd in offensive rebound rate, but an offense that's so inefficient, don't give them more bites at the apple, right? Obviously, the more possessions you give up, the more likely they are, you know, the, the higher variance there is in the outcome of the game. One and done as many times on the floor as possible. Um, and I mean, last time these two teams played, the Spurs only had seven offensive rebounds. So the Wolves did actually a pretty good job defensive rebounding in that game. They need to do that again to keep the Spurs from getting too many cracks at it. The last thing is, should be an obvious thing when you're playing against the worst team in the league um, by almost any measure. Don't beat yourself. Play within yourself. They're a miserable defensive team. Uh, you look at the Spurs. So far this season, they are 27th in defensive rating. Um, they're 30th again in net rating. We talked about that. So just, you know, they do like to play fast, by the way. They're third in pace. So don't get sucked into a track meet where you're just being sloppy and trying to play Harlem Globetrotters. But take your time in the half court. Get good looks. Close out under control on defense. Don't foul. The Spurs are actually last in free throw attempt rate. So they're not trying to get to the line. But don't put them there, right? Play under control. One and done, defensive rebounds, just play a nice, normal game, and they should win easily by double figures in this game. Uh, The line over with our friends at FanDuel is actually minus 12 in this game. The Wolves are favored by 12 points on the road in San Antonio. Ant right now is listed as questionable, so if it's announced he's playing, I'm sure that line moves favorably in the Wolves' direction. McDaniels will not play. The Wolves are saying he is will be reevaluated, I think, in a few days. Same thing with McLaughlin. He's close, but not playing. Um, but Wembenyama should play for the Spurs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, this should be another W for the Timberwolves. And as long as they play like this year's team and not like last year's team, it shouldn't be an issue. It is a 6.30 p.m. Tip because it's on ESPN. So if you're going to Target Center, get there early enough. Otherwise, the game is on ESPN. If you can't go to the game and you can't watch and you're listening, you can catch every bucket from Wolves Spurs on the hometown broadcast with our friend Alan Horton on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Minnesota Timberwolves and you can listen to it there. Um, also, the live postcast will be in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. Well, 
actually, yes, it will be, but it'll also be on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel um, live, and it'll be Luke Inman hosting. It'll be uh, likely Tyler Metcalf from Canis Supis breaking the game down right afterwards, and then that will also be on the audio feed. So your next episode, actually, your next episode after this one in your feed, that's going to be the Minnesota Basketball Party. I should also plug that. Um, If you haven't listened to that, it's a Wednesday show that I do, hosted by Sam Ekstrom, and then also uh, Reggie Wilson from Care 11, Ron Johnson from the Ron Johnson Show, and uh, Jack Borman from Kane Supis, and yours truly do the Minnesota Basketball Party every Wednesday. The next audio episode in your feed, if you're listening to this early Wednesday, it'll be in your audio midday. It's likely right now as you're listening to this in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota uh, on the YouTube feed. That's your next episode. The one after that will be the postcast from Wolves Spurs tonight. And then Thursday morning will be my postgame podcast. So if you're strictly looking at the Lockdown Wolves feed, we'll have four episodes for you in the next 24 hours. So keep it locked here. Locked on, of course. Locked on Wolves. Make sure you're following and subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big thank you for making us your first and second and third and fourth in the case of today. Listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. I mentioned YouTube. Wherever you listen, you can find it. You can also watch on that Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all we have for you today. A big thank you for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, of course. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all your all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.